Hi everyone, Sam Stern welcoming you to the CX Patterns Podcast. I am a member of LinkedIn's CX team and I've spent the last 20 years in the customer experience space. One of the best business books I've ever read was Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard by Chip and Dan Heath. It's been at least 10 years since I read it and yet the key themes and lessons have stayed with me and have informed my thinking and work on culture change ever since. I would say the book has even made a huge difference to me personally, helping me with habit change. Today's conversation comes back to a lot of the themes from that book. So if this conversation resonates with you, and you haven't read Switch, I'd recommend picking it up. Or if you have read it, but it's been a minute, maybe now will be the time to reread it. I am talking with Megan Burns, my former colleague at Forrester Research, someone who is one of the customer experience thought leaders out there. Lately, she has been thinking a lot about the challenge of galvanizing an entire company around CX transformation, what she calls activation. This is something I think and talk about a lot as well, and I like to think I know a lot about this topic. Listeners, let me tell you though, Megan genuinely blew my mind a few times in this conversation with really profound insights about how to help an entire organization move from talk to action when it comes to customer experience. That's all for the intro. I'm excited to bring you this conversation with Megan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the CX Patterns Podcast. This is Sam Stern joining you from the LinkedIn Customer Experience Team. And I am thrilled to be talking to my friend and former colleague, Megan Burns, today. Hi, Megan. Hi, Sam. Megan was a research rock star at Forrester. Those are my words. Megan would probably be disputing it, but she was, she is. She is someone that I emulated in my research career in terms of her rigor, her curiosity, and her clarity of her communication with clients. And Megan, I'm so excited to be talking to you about our favorite topic, customer experience again. And listeners, so that you know, Megan now is helping customer experience professionals out in the world. She's still doing the good and hard work of helping companies transform their experiences, transform how they deliver those experiences to be better. And Megan, I'm going to use your words here. I loved this phrase that you said to me. Megan is helping CX professionals navigate the cultural, political, and interpersonal dynamics that make running a customer experience program so tricky inside of large companies. So Megan, with that intro out of the way, what are you doing now? And how are you helping companies transform their customer experiences? Sure. So I've said for a long time that customer experience is the eat healthy and exercise of the business world, right? Everybody knows it's important. Everybody can probably rattle off 10 or 15 things they should be doing. But doing, knowing and doing are two different things. And doing when you have to get tens of thousands of people come with you is really hard. So the way I describe the the model that I work with clients now is think of me as a personal trainer. I can't do the work for you, but I can help you sort through all the fads, all the techniques, all the different people who are saying they have the quick, simple, easy method. There is a one, by the way. Formulate a plan that is sustainable and realistic for your organization and where you want to get to. And then if you want to continue and have me support you as you execute the plan, I can do that. I do ongoing advisory engagements. 
Or if you just want help putting the plan together and in another six months, we check in and say, where are you and, and reformulate the plan. I do that too. But that's probably the easiest way to explain the the relationship they have. It's- yeah, that's great. I, I think the, the personal trainer analogy travels pretty far here because you were alluding to it, but each company really needs its own plan for customer experience success. Each company is unique, just as each human, each body is unique and, and needs a different diet and exercise plan to be successful, or they have different goals and what they're looking for. So I think there's a lot to that analogy that makes a lot of sense. You were just alluding to the idea of getting everyone at the company to commit, to do the work. And how do you think about that? How how should a someone listening to this podcast think about that kind of work as part of the customer experience program that they're putting in place? Well, this I think is a huge gap in the industry and in the conversation right now. Everybody has a customer experience strategy. What they don't have is an activation strategy. How are you going to rally people to help you execute that CX strategy? And that's the hard part. That's the part that doesn't happen in one presentation or even one conversation. Sometimes when I'm talking to people, I say, look, you know, engaging others in customer experience with you, it's not a discussion at the dance. It's not an intellectual conversation. You're kind of moving together and helping guide them. So having a strategy that says, who are we going to go after? How are we going to engage them? How are we going to talk to them? How are we going to bring customer experience into their world, right? Because product managers won't stop being product managers. We don't want them to. Yeah. They're not going to stop being engineers. We need them to be experience savvy versions of whatever they are. And having a plan for how you're going to do that and bring people along, that's, I think, a big gap in a lot of organizations that is the reason that they can't get the strategy implemented or they struggle to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I I love that language about we're not asking product managers or engineers to stop doing their day jobs. We're just asking them to bring a customer or experience lens to that work or a little bit of a tweak to some of those behaviors, perhaps. That makes sense. But let me go back to the original point you were raising here around activation. What is your sense of why this is a gap? It's such a yawning gap for so many companies in their plan, their approach for customer experience. You know, that's a great question. And I think if I can have permission to geek out for just a minute. I mean, you know, I'm a huge behavioral science nerd. And I think as a whole, people don't understand how other people learn and change, right? There's a process and we have all these things that we think should work. A logical argument is I bring data, is I bring this, but the reality of how people change their minds and accept new behaviors is a lot more complicated than that. And so I think people think that I'll just give this presentation or I'll have this data and then it will happen. And then they get frustrated that it doesn't. And it's like, well, we shouldn't actually be surprised because that's not how change works, right? We People change all the time. Rather than try to force that change, let's look at how the organic change happens and align our approach to that. And I think 
it's partly just a lack of awareness how the human brain works. And I think also just a little bit of optimism. You know, so many CX professionals are like us, incredibly passionate about this, and we can't imagine why anyone would not get it and not want to do it. Yeah. So I think there's a, a little bit of that in there too. Yeah, I think that's actually, I, I love, I think those are all strong points, but that last one in particular has been resonating with me recently. It, it is sort of the curse of knowledge or a little bit the curse of knowledge plus passion in the form of customer experience, which is, I know that this matters. I'm the, the lead of my customer experience team or a member of my customer experience team. I know how important this is. And it feels like the right thing to do as well. Shouldn't everyone just automatically be on board with that? And, and, and A, they're just, most people, they're worried about their own lives, their own jobs, their own challenges. So they haven't thought of it before, let yeah. alone internalized why it's so important. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, Megan. And, and it also, what you were describing there reminded me of, I think it's a Mark Twain quote, or it's like one of those ones where half the quotes in human history are attributed to either Mark Twain and the other half to Yogi Berra. But the, the quote is, you can't reason someone out of something that they weren't reasoned into in the first place. And if someone is not like that into customer experience, doesn't think it's that important, they probably didn't evaluate it closely and look at all the data and make a judgment that informed them to say customer experience isn't that important to our business they hadn't thought about it so to, to hit them over the head with data and with all the clear numbers case you're not as you said you're not meeting them where they are which is they haven't thought about it they haven't formed a strong attachment to this either way and they don't know why it matters in their world or in their role and so you can't really come to them with data in that case yeah. And actually, I'm, I'm thinking back to it now. And I think it was you that first introduced me to the book Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. I think we were doing a book club. That's right. And the principles in that book really are the foundation. That was the huge light bulb moment for me. Uh, my whole approach to activation starts with what looks like resistance is often a lack of clarity. I spend a lot of time with clients going, what do you mean by that? You want to improve? Great. Better how? For who? Because there's, it's just so easy to talk at this 50,000 foot level and talk in circles, but ambiguity kills action. If people don't have enough detail about what they need to do, to your point, they're probably not going to take the time to think through the details. They're just not going to do anything. Yeah. Ambiguity kills action. That's beautiful. Framing that one for the listeners. So Megan, I wonder if there's an example you can share with us of a company that has has really gotten from the talk, the 50,000 foot view, where they've gotten past that and, and actually really succeeded at activation. Delta Airlines and Comcast are both similar examples, not in terms of the company, but in terms of, of what they did. And part of the approach is rallying people around one thing. Like with Delta, it was be the no cancellation airline. It wasn't transforming the Delta experience, but they slowly built on that and they picked something that nobody could argue with, had an operational impact and got people thinking about every part of the ecosystem. How can we do this? And it was anchored in customer data but it rippled through to all the operational data. 
you know, Comcast did something similar. I, I usually say that companies come to customer experience in one of two mindsets, problem focused or opportunity focused. Opportunity focused is, hey, our experience isn't bad, but it could be a differentiator. 99% of companies are problem focused, which is we're losing customers. We need to do something about this. And that's clearly where Comcast was when they started their program. But it was, it was this iteration, this gradual iteration of, okay, how do we, we've got a group of people, all of whom want to do the right thing. How do we sort of chip away at the systematic limitations that are making it harder for people to do the right thing. And so it was lots of little things. And they now two parallel tracks. One is the service experience side. The other is the product experience. And even I was wowed at some of the innovations and things that they're doing, like the number of things that you can say into your Comcast remote, like show me cartoons on this channel that we haven't watched in the last two months. I didn't know you wow. could do They're both examples of gradual building. The Comcast example, you know, I'm skeptical of Comcast as a company. They still struggle with, with customer experience. But I think you're right to point out they've done a lot incrementally, slowly but surely building this up. And, and the remote example, you know, I had used the voice activation feature and thought, okay, this works pretty well. But I was convinced and convinced that I was wrong to be skeptical when I saw my mother-in-law, who's in her 70s, use it and use it and get it right on the first try. And I said, wow, okay, that's, that's pretty impressive that this works as an interaction experience well enough that someone who is not going to be comfortable adopting new technology, and she isn't, could get it right on the first try and get value from it immediately. That's a great product experience, right? That's the definition of a great product experience. And I do love the Delta example because I think you highlighted how the interplay between the strategy being something that activates, to use that word, everyone in the organization, because everyone can contribute to reducing flight cancellations. There's obvious operational considerations there, but there's also service considerations. We're going to board this flight faster. We're going to get away from the gate faster. So we, you know, we don't run out of time on the clocks of the, the pilots and the flight attendants in terms of how long they can be working. Everyone is part of this. And that's galvanizing. That's exciting, right? So I think that's a, such a great example. And I wasn't thinking of it that way, Megan, when we started talking, but the idea of how do we Turn this into action that actually excites the employee base. It excites different parts of our company to come along on this journey with us. So Megan, you gave us Delta, you gave us Comcast as great examples of activation. What are early signs that colleagues are moving from that ambiguity where they can't take action to actually starting to be activated? They're starting to come on board. I see a lot of it in the language people use and the questions that they ask. You know, when people start asking, well, how would that change show up to the customer? Or which customer journey does that impact? They may not do anything with that, but they have the curiosity. When people start talking about customer perceptions and perception data, I was working with a company where they were trying to get people, they've been, you know, putting up this data for years going, hey, we have this, somebody should use it. And they finally asked the head of sales, well, how do you look at data? And it turned out there was a very clear segmentation. There were three customer segments that he looked at everything through. They hadn't been presenting the customer data through that lens. 
So they changed to present the scores in those three groups. And now it's a straight line connection from the data he's looking at in sales to the customer perception data. And he starts talking about that because they gave him the language and the connective tissue to do that. So I think questions are definitely part of it. One of the things I'm working on right now is is getting people to switch from thinking about products to customer goals. I don't know where I got this quote, but somebody was talking about software and said, no customer wants to be onboarded. You have an onboarding process, but customer's goal is to learn how to do what they need to do with your products as quickly as possible. And so starting to talk about the customer goals instead of using words like onboarding, that's another sign that I look for. Yeah, that's a great example. I, it resonates strongly at LinkedIn where we found that customers, there's awareness that they have to learn how to use the products. Their expectation for how long they should have to spend learning the products was orders of magnitude less time than ours, than our yep. expectation of how long they would give to it. But, you know, you do the research, learn, and you figure out how to meet their expectations, right? So we at least had that and, and adjusted to that. But I, I think that's such a good example because it isn't their goal to become your customer. It's their goal to become someone getting value from your products and services. And that, that means they're a customer, but they don't think of themselves that way. They think of themselves as someone using what you have to add value to their life or meaning to their life or, or to do something else that they want to accomplish. Yeah. And you actually just reminded me, I was doing a project with a company of measuring from the outside in. And I realized that I used this in talking and I kind of made it into a thing. After every business metric, when you say the metric, you add so customers can. It's the so customers can test, right? Mm -hmm. We want to optimize network throughput so customers can whatever. We want to trim costs so customers can. And sometimes it's a we want to trim costs so we can invest more in innovation so customers can have more capability. Perfectly valid for it to be three or four steps along. Yeah. But that so customers can language. At first, quite frankly, I got confused blank stares because nobody had ever thought about it that way. But it's really powerful. I, I like that a lot. So customers can. Yeah. And and I think it's a really nice for forcing mechanism. If you cannot answer that question, if you cannot add that phrase to the end of the metrics sentence, that tells you a lot. Mm -hmm. Megan, if you are recommending to the listeners to this podcast to go do something, one thing, to get started on activation, bringing their colleagues along on the customer experience transformation journey, would you recommend that they do? One of the first things that I would recommend is I have this little framework. You know, I'm a huge word nerd, so it's no surprise that most of my frameworks are phrases and sentences, but unclear goals is a huge problem. And so everybody's talking about improving customer experience, but we haven't defined what that is. I have something that I call the project pyramid, which is to clarify the scope of a project. And the four questions are which experience, better how, for whom, so what? And answering those four questions and what that allows you to do is write a scope statement that says we want to change the blank 
pick a journey, which experience, or blank these customers so that it is more this and less that, right? So pulling apart, improve, defining it as more this and less that. We believe that people who have this new experience will do X more and Y less. All of that information is there. It's just never, I shouldn't say never, rarely articulated to that degree. So just taking whatever your goals are now and putting them in that format and seeing how that changes the way you think about it and the way other people understand what you're trying to do. I've had that be a really career-changing, if not life-changing exercise. I was getting excited listening to you lay that out. I have a worksheet for that, that if if listeners are interested, they can always email me or message me on LinkedIn. That's really the only social platform I'm on. And I'm not saying that just because I'm talking to Sam. That is actually true. I'm happy to share it with folks. I will post Megan's LinkedIn profile in the show notes for this episode so you can find her on LinkedIn. And again, not just because I work for LinkedIn, but because it's an easy place to find other professionals. Megan, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us and for walking us through some of the activities, the examples, the best practices around activation for customer experience. This has been tremendous. As you heard Megan and I discuss, organizations have to do more to bring along all employees on CX Transformation. It's such an important reminder. Megan talked about the value of having a big goal to galvanize all employees and make them feel connected to the customer experience work. I think the Delta example, fewest canceled flights, is a great one because you can see how it applies to so many groups of employees, not just customer-facing ones. And it takes that kind of clarity, that kind of simplicity to get the attention of people who, let's face it, just aren't thinking about customer experience as much as you and your CX team are. Clarity is valuable, too, because it makes it tangible, specific, what it is that we want to do. As Megan said, ambiguity kills action. Kills action because ambiguity is debilitating. The Heath brothers articulated a similar maxim in Switch. What looks like resistance is often a lack of clarity. So when we apply this to customer experience, your goal is to move from vague to specific and from ambiguous to clear. It's not enough to say we want to have a great customer experience. You need to describe a great customer experience delivered by your company to your customers. Then you need to be prescriptive about what your employees will do to consistently create that great experience. And there are levels to this. Delta Airlines started with the goal of having the fewest canceled flights, but then made that much more specific and detailed for different departments in the company. Role specificity and detail are required to truly embed ownership for the goals. But a specific, clear, high-level goal is a great start, like fewest canceled flights. And to bring it back to where Megan started, your strategy for creating a great customer experience has no chance of success if you don't also have a strategy for activating and empowering all employees in your organization to support the transformation. So you want a high-level goal that everyone understands and contributes to, And then, role-level specificity that makes tangible what everyone can do in their jobs to contribute to the high-level goal. Get that right, 
and you will activate the entire organization to contribute to great customer experience. Thanks for listening to the CX Patterns Podcast. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see the newsletter that accompanies each podcast episode and contains all of the details and links that support the information shared during this episode. The newsletter is also a great way to share this episode with someone else. Feedback? This is a podcast about customer experience, so you know I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn and share your questions, comments, and thoughts. If you want to support the podcast, share it with someone, rate it, review it, all the usual stuff. Thanks to my colleague, Emily Tolmer, for creating the CX Patterns logo. And to my friends, Moon Island, for the music. That's all for now. I'll be back in two weeks with another customer experience pattern.